DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by B.J. Rains, Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press Tribune. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controllers. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Good morning, B.J. Rains. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. What's going on? Welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming on again. Always a pleasure. So uh, I guess I'm just curious. I see the record one and two. That's not good, but a one-point game with Oklahoma State at home. The opener with UCF had the courage to go play on the road against a quality opponent. Lots of teams run from that because they're afraid they might lose. So are the Broncos really that good? Should I just ignore the record? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of their rallying cry this week as they get ready for conference play. Uh, hey, we're you know six points away from uh, being three and L, so that's what they're trying to remember. And you know they should have won the UCF game. That was a, a pretty bad game, and, and they kind of were up 21 points and gave it away in the third quarter. And, and really, the you know Oklahoma State game, if you talk to fans and everybody else, I mean there was an incorrect whistle blown. Uh, Boise State had a scoop and score, and they blew the whistle while Boise State was returning for some reason. Uh, said he was down, but after reviewing the play, it was clearly a fumble. So they at least gave Boise State the ball. Um, but uh, didn't give them the touchdown they had. And then that was with like three minutes left in the game. And then Boise State missed the field goal. It got tipped, and they lost by one. So um, there is real you – know, if you're a diehard Boise State fan or whatever, you can easily make an argument they should be 3-0. and But with that said, they still have some significant problems, and um, they're really struggling to run the ball. They can't stop the run. Um, they have not been good at all in the second half uh, of games. And so, yeah, they could be 3-0, and but they – one and two, based on the problems they have, is probably about where they should be at this point. So I look at them offensively. Bachmeyer's been around for a while. We know what he can do. Shakur's a big-time receiver as far as I'm concerned. Uh, very, very good. But uh, statistically, disappointed in their rush game. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, they're one of the worst rushing teams in the country right now. And a combination of things. I mean, George Shalani, their 1,000-yard back, uh, didn't play in the first game against Central Florida. They've had some offensive line injuries and having to shuffle some guys around, but um, for whatever reason, they've just been not been able to run the ball. Um, they, you know, they've got, um, I think Utah State has like four guys with more rushing yards than Boise State's leading rusher, and so um, yeah, it's been really bad. They just can't run the ball. They only had 20 yards rushing against Central Florida. They only have like 61 rushing yards uh, against Oklahoma State, and again, you're talking about a an Oregon transfer that they brought in that has, you know, 21 career touchdowns at Oregon in three years. And you're talking about a guy in George Helani that rushed for a thousand yards uh, as a true freshman two years ago. So they feel like they have the talent. It's just not coming together for them. And so um, there's, you know, they, they, they say they have um, identified some things to try to get it going. Um, but for whatever reason, it just has not worked. They, they run the new, you know, RPO stuff. So they say some of the plays would have been runs, but they end up being passes and they've got, you know, excuses for it all. But, um, it just hasn't it hasn't worked to this point, and it's really been uh, the the problem with the offense is when they need to run and get you know first downs and just kind of sustain some drives and keep the clock going. Especially in the second half, that Central Florida game, they just could not run the ball and kept having to get it back to Central Florida, and that's why they ended up losing the game. Two yards of carry is a staggeringly bad number, and I know quarterback one twenty seven out of one thirty. So. How much of it are you putting on the backs? How much of this is the O-line? Are there just no holes there? And is Utah State likely to dominate the line of scrimmage? Well, uh, it's a combination. Um, I, I, I think George Helani's a good running back. He had 1,000 yards, as I said, just two years ago. And they've been working him back. And 
He had only had five carries in his first game back two weeks ago. He had 12 carries last week. So I think he's going to be back to, to full strength uh, 100% with no kind of uh, limitations this game. And if they give George Helani 15-plus carries, you know, you know, over his career, that's meant he's going to run for 100 yards. So um, we'll, you know, see we'll see what that looks like. Um, but they've had some injuries on the offensive line. They're still playing with their backup center. Their starting center has been out uh, all season with an injury. They had their uh, All-Mountain West preseason first-team right guard. Jake Stetz went down in the Central Florida game, which they said was a big problem. And then he missed the uh, UTEP game. He came back last week, so they've had to shuffle some guys around. But the five they expected to have you know, this year, they still don't have. And so um, they, they claim that's you know, hopefully another week of practice with this group of five working together. Um, they think it'll be better. I mean, they, you know, they've got you know, two, their left tackle was pre, you know, two of the five preseason All Mountain West linemen were, were Boise State. So you'd think the line would be good. So I think that they feel like it's just, you know, they say it's really close to clicking and it just hasn't. And the offensive coordinator was pretty adamant that we're going to run the football and it's going to click and it's going to happen soon. Um, and so we'll see if he's right this week. But, you know, we're 25% through the season and they are really struggling to run the ball. Even in the UTEP game, the only time they rushed the ball was in the fourth quarter with uh, two walk-ons when the game was, you know, 54 to 13 or whatever. So you look at their actual two games and they're, you know, basically the worst team in the country running the football. Avalos being the first-year coach now, he's a former Boise guy, so he's familiar with everything there. How much has changed, if anything, in terms of philosophy from Harson to Avalos? Well, I mean, he's a defensive guy. He's the first, you know, head coach with a defensive background at Boise State in 20 plus years. I mean, they had a string there with. Uh, Carson and then Peterson and Hawkins and even Dirk Cutter. I mean, you have to go back to like uh, Houston Nutt, I think, in like 1997, uh, where you had a, a defensive head coach come in. So, um, you know, it, it, even before that. So, I mean, it's, it, uh, it's you know, that's been a little different, and that's why it's been so surprising that, you know, you guys are talking about running the football, but it's been just as bad, if not worse, uh, stopping the run uh, as well. They've been uh, horrible, giving up over 200 yards per game on the ground, uh, stopping the run, and They've had two of their worst uh, opponent rushing performances from non-triple option teams. To, you know, two of the last four worst in the last like 11 years have been this season. And so um, that's been more of a surprise that defensive guy comes in and hasn't been able to, um, you know, defensively uh, stop the run, and so, which traditionally they were really good at when he was the defensive coordinator here. But overall, not much has changed. I mean, he retained a couple coaches, brought in some new guys. And, um, I think it was a nice breath of fresh air. Everybody in Boise – Everybody outside the program, inside the program, everybody was you know very happy. And uh, you know Brian Harson did some good things, did a lot of things, but um, you know I think his message was uh, maybe starting to wear off a little bit. And I think a lot of people were excited about a fresh start with Andy Avalos, and he's come in and done a really good job. And um, you know, but sure enough, they're on Twitter after the last game. Uh, you already had fans calling for him <laughs> to be fired after three games. So I mean, that's just that's just the way it goes when you lose a game. Um, but uh, I think he's a good coach, and I think he's going to do a fine job. It's just. Uh, you know, this is what some people think maybe is the hardest schedule in Boise State history uh, from start to finish. And so there's there's not a lot of guaranteed wins on the schedule this year. And, and uh, he picked, you know, a little bit of a rough time to have it be the hardest schedule for his first year. So what's a player's confidence level? I mean, do they, they – because Boise State is just – I mean, they walk out on the field like they're going to blow teams off the field. And then they often blow teams off the field. So when you don't do that and you got a new coaching staff and the voice is different, do you see do you see a little wavering or no? No, not really. I mean, I think, like I said, they, they, they've been saying for two weeks or whatever, they know they blew the Central Florida game. or um, they, they know they should have won that game, and that was a road game against a, a pretty good opponent, and they, they feel like they were the better team in that game. So they had confidence that they were 
just as good as them, if not better, and gave the game away. And I think the same goes for Oklahoma State coming in. They, they feel like they, uh, you know, didn't score a point in the second half and, um, again, had a scoop and score that wasn't called, had a, um, you know, chance for a 36-yard field goal to win the game, and it didn't happen. So I think they feel like they're, you know, again, every bit as good as these teams. They just haven't, the ball hasn't bounced their way, and they've, made a couple of key mistakes and key times to lose the game. So, you know, their record is what it is, one and two, but they feel like that they very easily could be three and oh. And so I think they're trying to rally around that, have that confidence. And, and again, you know, really at Boise State, their goal is winning the Mountain West. I mean, it's, and I know they've had the New Year's six bowl games and all that, but on the, you know, in the team room, their goal right up there on the wall, it says to win the Mountain West Conference in a bowl game. Um, so, they kind of reset when, when they get into conference play, and they've won 19 straight games against Mountain Division teams. They haven't lost to a team in the Mountain Division since 2016. And so they just take care of their teams in their division, and they know that's going to get them into the championship, and that's kind of how they go about it. And so I think that um, this you know, conference play comes at a nice, nice you know, point here where they can kind of reset, put those first three games behind them, and start their new season of conference play. And, um, you know, I think all of us have dreams of getting to that Jimmy Kimmel Bowl in L.A., and, and that's uh, still alive for them at this point. So you speak of the inability to stop the rush, which is somewhat surprising because they go into the defense uh, the end of the year returning, like, what, eight or nine starters, a couple of uh, all-conference linebackers. Uh, I would have thought maybe the pass defense would not necessarily be a weakness, but if I'm comparing it to stopping the run, I would have thought that that would have been a little weaker. You know, they lost pretty two pretty good corners last year in Williams and Walker. Uh, so I don't really understand what the problem is as far as stopping the run. Well, that's Boise State's trying to have the same, the same uh, feeling as you do, trying to figure that out. I mean, you're right, because they had two new starting corners this year. Um, they lost two All-Mountain West corners from last year, and so if you had to pick one area, you would have probably picked the, the pass defense and the secondary to be a little bit uh, more of a, a question mark. Um, they came in with a, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, strength and hype on the defensive line, and they've had some injuries. You know, they have a starting D tackle, uh, Scaly Gahan, that, that took a leave of absence for personal reasons. Don't know if he's coming back or when or what happened there. They've got another, you know, rotation D lineman uh, tackle that's going to be out this game. So um, they're dealing with some injuries and things like that, but um, it's just a group that's underachieved and you know frank Miley, the former uh, utah state coach and uh is you know the defensive line coach and and he took a lot of that blame this week on him and said it starts with me at these guys just i haven't had them ready to play and and so he uh you know put a lot of that on his shoulders this week that the d-line just has to play better and so i agree with you that it's uh you know surprising and surprising to boise state fans and um but they've been talking about it so much this week that um, I guess, you know, that they know because obviously Utah State can run the ball. It's going to be another challenge for them. But um, they've been just, you know, ingraining it in their head this week. Every interview, every comment is about that. So I, I would be kind of surprised if they don't come out and make some improvements uh, on the rush defense and running the ball offensively this week. So what's been the reaction from uh, Boise State as far as all the news about the Mountain West and the AAC and CSU and Air Force to a lesser degree? Boise State and San Diego State being linked to that, but apparently not not willing to go, waiting for the Big 12 to call. How is that all playing out there? 
Yeah, I think they're waiting for the Big 12 to call, and I think that they are expecting the Big 12 to call or hoping the Big 12 to call. They feel good about it, I think, in the next couple of years. I mean, I, I don't think it makes any sense for them to go down to a, a watered-down American Athletic Conference right now that doesn't have UCF or Cincinnati or Houston. I mean, that, that's a completely different conference without those teams. And so really doesn't, you really don't gain a whole lot with all the added travel that you would have to have, and not just for football, but for your, you know, women's volleyball team to have to go play East Carolina in a conference game and stuff like that. And and so um, I think you take some of that travel concern if you're in the Big 12 because you're, the money is so much better that you're able to charter more flights and do things like that. But to, to put that burden on a, you know, for the a conference that really right now you could argue isn't even that much better at all if it is better at all than, than the Mountain West, I think this doesn't make any sense. And so. Um, I uh, I think they're you know they're probably listening at least to hear hear the offer and and hear you know maybe maybe you know be able to sweet talk the Mountain West into you know something I don't know what what they're you know they have the Boise State has the leverage right now Boise State is kind of the uh, you know the the team that's kind of holding the cards for what's going to happen with the AAC and the Mountain West really and so um, but I I don't think it makes much sense I'd be shocked if they went to the American. Uh, unless the Americans somehow took a large number of Mountain West teams with them, I just don't see that happening. I think Boise State's going to wait it out. Um, you know, they were pretty disappointed they weren't included in the first round of the Big 12 expansion. You know, they mentioned football success being one of the main things. And, you know, other than BYU, you really could put Boise State's football, uh, you know, especially the last two decades, success up with any of those schools. And so um, I, I think that they feel like um, if there is another round, which they're confident there will be once Texas and Oklahoma leave, that they would be a strong fit. I think when I when I heard that BYU was going in for all sports and not just football, I immediately said Boise State will end up in the Big Twelve. You know, just my personal opinion because I think it makes too much sense. We talk about travel partners and things like that. It's, it'd be a lot easier for the West Virginia, you know, soccer team to come play BYU and Boise State on a road trip than have to come all that way just to play one game. So I think having a team close to BYU or a regional rival, um, I think that just makes a lot of sense. And so when Texas and Oklahoma decide to leave. Uh, Boise State and their fans and everybody are just you know, quietly sitting and waiting and hoping that they, they get a shot to, to get in the Big 12 at some point because they've proven themselves. Every conference they've been, I mean, they've only been an FBS team since 1996. I mean, this is not some program that's been uh, doing this stuff for 50 years. I mean, they're fairly young Division Division One FBS conference, but every time they move up, whether it be uh, from the WAC to the Mountain West to, you know, whatever, I mean, they, they, they've proven that they can win at that level. And if you get Boise State the resources and the money and the recruiting budgets and things like that as a Big 12 team, I think they're pretty confident they'd be able to compete in that conference as well. So Utah State has really piled up the points, particularly last week, obviously, against the Air Force. They've got some big play capabilities with their wideouts and quarterbacks can move and all that stuff. Uh, Boise, with their inability to run the ball, and as I already talked about, they got a stud receiver, I think, who play in the NFL. Uh, so the thought for you is if it gets into a slugfest, a scoring type of thing up and down, you think Boise right now has enough offense, if they need to, to put like 45-50 on the, on the scoreboard? Well, I mean, I, I, I think so. We just haven't really seen it. I mean, we saw it in um... – you know, the Central Florida game, the first half, they're moving the ball up the field and had a couple of really nice touchdown drives, and they were looking, you know, 24 to 7. And they're like, man, this offense is, is, uh, is going to be great because we just heard so much about it. And then it just kind of went away in the second half. It came back, and we saw it. And we, we've seen it in spurts. They just haven't been able to put it together for four quarters. And that's been another big emphasis. You know, their third quarters have been awful this year. And I know it's, uh, you know, Utah State's been really, really good in the second half, too. 
um, which is you know a concern for them because Boise State, I think, has got like 85 points in the first half and only 22 in the second half of three games. And I looked at Utah State's numbers, and they're almost the opposite. I think Utah State has 85 points in the second half. So um, it's certainly going to be uh, something that they're focused on is finishing four quarters and finishing the game because both the games they've lost, they've been right there, and if they'd had one more touchdown drive, um, they could have done it. They had three three-and-outs in the third quarter against Central Florida, two three-and-outs, uh, you know, and they only ran six plays because uh, Oklahoma State took the, the clock, and they went two three-and-outs in the third quarter against Oklahoma State. So that third quarter – and. Um, putting some some offensive drives together and scoring some points, I think will be a a, a big thing for them. But uh, defensively, they're just really you know they're giving a lot of praise to, to Utah State. They talk about how wide their splits are and how they've got receivers that are almost on the sidelines and how that uh, makes things tougher. There's a lot of one-on-one tackles and stuff. So um, you know, they've got the, the leading receiver in the nation, as you guys know, uh, yards-wise, and then a good running back. I mean, they they've been uh, giving Utah State a lot of praise this week, and so. Um, I think it's an interesting time for Boise State to be going down to Logan, a 10 a.m. game, obviously. And if Boise State had won the Oklahoma State game, maybe they're feeling good about themselves. Maybe it's a little more of a trap game. I don't know. Um, but they seem pretty pretty fired up to start conference play and put this game behind them. And I wonder if Utah State's maybe catching them at a bad time. B.J. Reigns, Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press Tribune, joining us. Thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. No problem, guys. Take care. 10 a.m., CBS. Plenty of exposure. And to win a division game, PK, the Broncos don't lose in the Mountain Division. That's what he said. Not for five years. Well, this would be the greatest accomplishment, I think, in Blake Anderson's long and storied career at Utah State. (laughs) Start to dream big. I would love to see it just to set up uh, BYU, USU undefeated, blah, 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 bring a little tension to the state. Obviously, we'll be all over it, but I mean, outside of the state, I'm talking yeah, about... Yeah, but 4-0 versus 4-0 gives it a little extra sizzle. There's just no question about that. Right. And you know, maybe Utah State can sneak into the rankings a little bit. Boy, uh, uh, The Cougars are already there, obviously. All right, DJ and PK, catching you up today on everything you missed in the show. We'll do that next. Stay with us.